in this episode. Um, I don't know. I I feel like oh my god, I'm doing something really good because right. I I can't understand and I can't and I feel like I can't communicate with everybody. I mean, everybody speaks English now, so. Learn to perform practical lessons so that you can immediately learn to optimize your health, happiness, and performance. Welcome to a special episode of Learn to Perform. I'm your host, Braden Ostepchuk. Today, we are going to be trying something new. With me is a very special guest, Mariana, a civil engineer from Envigado, Colombia. And today, we are going to be talking about all things related to the benefits of travel, learning languages, and more. In addition to scientific research, we'll also talk about our own experiences and share some recommendations for travel, language learning, and talk about how it has improved our lives. Now, this is the English version. For part two, we are going to trade roles in the Spanish version. Mariana will be hosting, and you will all have the opportunity to listen to my painfully desperate attempts at communicating en español. So regardless of your Spanish level, from native speaker to no hablo español, it will be worth checking out. So with that, Thank you, Mariana, Mariana, for coming on the show. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and are you excited? Is this your first podcast? Yeah. Okay. Please. Excellent. And we're putting you to the test by starting off in English in your second language. So the, so the second version will be a little bit easier, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. So I would love if you would just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Mariana. I'm from Colombia, and I live in a, in a small city called Envigado. I'm 24, and I'm on my last semester of civil engineering in Neapit University. So my favorite hobbies are train crossfit, meditate, practice yoga, read, draw mandalas, and listen to podcasts. So that's why I feel so excited to be here today in your podcast as your special guest. So thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I also like that there's a lot of overlap in our interests so you love fitness and training and meditation and I've, I've seen you talk about all those different things before and learning languages and you traveled so everything that I'm trying to do right now you've already been doing and you're also another engineer so obviously that makes you even better uh, because we both are engineers so I love that so as we can see and as uh, people have hopefully been able to discern from the start here that you speak and write English very well especially for someone who is only learn it for small parts of time and as your second language. So I'd love if you just kind of told people about where did you learn English or where how have you been learning it and where have you traveled previously? Yeah, so I've been always into learning new language and English is one of the most important language that we should learn because it's like the universal language. So since I was zero, I've been in class in my school. Then I started to study in academy, and I had the opportunity to travel with them to a summer camp in London for one month. And with that experience, I realized how important was to start learning English. And after that, when I got graduated from school, I had the change to go to Australia for six months to keep studying. And it was a great experience, but I couldn't learn so much because I was always <laughs> with my Colombian friends. Really didn't practice at all. But, but then I came back to Colombia and I started my university. And in the middle of it, I just want to stop my career and travel again. 
So I went to Boston and I lived there for one year. I was an au pair and I was living with a native family. So it was the perfect opportunity to improve my English, talking, listening, writing. So that's been the best experience. Yeah, that's amazing. And I can tell you that I have been to Boston and I love Boston as well. Although it was a much different experience because I am an English speaker. <laughs> but I haven't been to London. I haven't been to Australia. And I've heard so many great things from everyone who's ever been there. So I'm super jealous that you've been there. And I'm just glad that I finally actually made it out of my own country well, and the United States as well. and been able to come to your home country, Colombia. So, so far, it has been amazing. We're going to talk more about that. So, how about we go over some of the evidence supporting the value behind traveling and learning languages, and then we can talk more. Sure, that's it. Awesome. All right. So, we are so blessed to live in an era where travel is more accessible than ever. Granted, there are some exceptions with the current pandemic. But consider our ancestors going back even just a few generations. Few people ever had the chance to travel to other countries, experience other cultures, see the earth, and communicate with other people. But today, we can all be explorers just by hopping on a plane. So what's the bottom line? Traveling and learning languages are among the most effective, fun, and fulfilling ways to upgrade your life in two main ways. Number one, creating and strengthening relationships. And number two, improving neurological health. So let's start off with number one creating and enhancing relationships. According to a few different sources, there are about 1.1 billion English speakers in the world, which includes native and non-native speakers. With a global population of about 7.5 billion, that accounts for just 15% of the world population. While 1.1 billion is a lot of people, and certainly more people than we will ever be able to directly engage with in our lifetime, think about this. If you are randomly placed in a classroom with 28 people, at just 15%, there would likely only be four English speakers, which means of your 27 classmates, you would only be able to communicate with three other people. And yes, there are translators, but true communication is so much more than literal translations. The process of learning a new language isn't easy, but through these challenges, you may become significantly more empathetic. How does this happen? By being uncomfortable, uncertain, and contextually unintelligent. Foreign environments promote humility and empathy. Julian Lair and linguist and polyglot shared how his incompetence with Mandarin while visiting China was a powerful experience for him. He said, quote, It was fantastic because it taught me humility, the limits of one's own brain and the limits of capacity. By doing that, it also builds empathy for people who come from somewhere else and might struggle articulating things. And if you have this very deep, ingrained sense of what it feels like to be operating in a world that is unfamiliar, end quote. Communication which is dependent on the ability to see, understand, feel, and think about the other person's perspective, is actually a very complex relationship. Learning languages magnifies the complexity of this relationship because you are also exposed to the values and way of thinking of other people. Dr. David Walton, a specialist in behavioral change psychology, writes that the key to empathy is, quote, knowing how they look at things from the inside, end quote, which is exactly what learning languages allows us to do. As for scientific evidence, a 2015 study tested the ability for multilingual and monolingual children to interpret a speaker's intended meaning. They found that monolingual children misinterpreted the speaker dramatically more often than bilingual children, concluding that multilingual exposure, quote, may facilitate the development of perspective-taking tools that are critical for effective communication, end quote. From a psychological and neurological perspective, our brains are actually conditioned to form us-versus-them dichotomies which happens rapidly and unconsciously. Us refers to people like us, and them refers to those who are different. 
Robert Sapolsky, the Stanford neuroendocrinologist, writes that these classifications can correspond to identifiers like race, age, and language. Regardless of our conscious attempts to treat people equally, research has shown that we naturally feel positive associations to us, and sadly, them are consistently seen as threatening, angry, and untrustworthy. There is a lot of science about us-them dichotomies, but the point is that by learning new languages, you are breaking down subconscious barriers and forming more us connections. This may be a critical piece to enhance empathy and ultimately creating and enhancing relationships. So, on to point number two, improve neurological health. The impact of language learning on neurological health has been extensively studied, and we are going to do a quick overview of some significant findings. An excellent 2018 paper, which reviewed the cognitive benefits of language learning, concluded that learning foreign languages enhances cognitive functioning, self-esteem, and opportunities for socialization at little to no cost. In fact, the cognitive benefits are so prevalent that cognitive decline later in life may be delayed by about four and a half years. Learning a foreign language triggers neuroplasticity, which has been linked to enhanced development of the cognitive reserve. This is a possible link to delayed cognitive declines as the increased cognitive reserve from language learning provides resilience to neuropathological damage. An interesting 2016 study found that learning a foreign language modified the gray matter structure in the brain far more than the control group. This is significant because gray matter, which is gray because it has a high concentration of neuronal cell bodies, is directly linked to higher cognitive functioning. In a study comparing advanced English learners to beginner English learners, it was found that individuals with more advanced foreign language skills had considerably improved cognitive flexibility and working memory. Intuitively, both of these outcomes make sense. As a bilingual, you must be able to constantly adapt and process information differently, all while constantly training and engaging short and long-term memory. To wrap up this section, let's review a theory on why language learning is so effective. A 2013 study believes that language learning likely requires long-distance neural connections, therefore engaging a larger brain network than other tasks such as math and crossword puzzles. A separate 2017 study found that the greater novelty of new words learned, the greater the synaptic connection. Regardless of the mechanisms, it is clear that there is substantial evidence demonstrating that learning new languages has numerous cognitive and health benefits. So, with that, I've been talking a lot. So I want to stop talking a little bit. So and instead, let's start talking about our own experiences with traveling and learning a new language. So, Mariana, I'd love to learn more about your experiences. Could you please tell us a little bit more about those places you traveled to? You already told us you went to London and Australia and Boston, but maybe a little bit more about what it was like for you. Sure. So my first experience abroad was in London. I was 15 and I went to a summer camp. There were people from many different countries, so it was hard to communicate at first because my English wasn't so good and British. <laughs> British accent is kind of tricky. Yeah, the British accent is tricky for us, too. Yeah, <laughs> so hard. So my listening sucks and my speaking was in worse. <laughs> uh, but the experience helped me a lot to understand why it was so important to learn another language and the at the end, I could make a lot of friends from different parts of the world. Then I went to Australia. Uh, that was my second experience. I went to study English for six months. It had been my favorite country by far. Mm. I lived there with a whole family, so it was really nice because I had the opportunity to improve my English at home. Because in the school, almost all my friends were from Colombia or Brazil, so they could understand Spanish, so I didn't practice so much. 
And then in 2018, I decided to go away longer, so I went to Boston as an au pair. And that was the best experience in my life. So I took, took care of three kids. Uh, my host mom and my host dad were the best people I ever met. They really made me a part of the family, and they helped me a lot with my English. They were so patient always, and I started to feel better in English. Uh, because of that, I could meet a lot of people there. I met uh, awesome friends, and I learned a lot. Not just the English, like the whole experience made me grow a lot. Of course, it's frustrating when you go to another country and you can't understand one what people is trying to say or you can't express that what you really want to say but that push you to try harder and be better so all my experience has been awesome i awesome and i feel so lucky to have all these opportunities and learn a lot about each one it's always challenging traveling to different countries where you have to get out of your comfort zone and communicate in different languages but I think that experience gives you the best memories in your life and encourage you to keep learning and traveling. I know my English is still so basic and it's not the best one. And I still have a lot to learn and improve, but taking risks like this one to be in a Portugal in English made me feel so happy and that I'm going to I'm going the right way to keep growing and doing something great for others. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think it is super inspiring that you're willing to make yourself uncomfortable and try something that is perhaps outside your comfort zone and know that there are going to be people listening. And I'm going to be doing the, the exact same thing in Spanish right after this so everyone can hear. And, and my Spanish is much, much worse than your English. So your English is, is excellent because I can understand everything really well. And I've had very similar experiences in my two and a half weeks being here in Colombia. There's times where you don't have an alternative. There are a lot of people here that don't speak any English. Luckily, there are some people like you that speak uh, English or other people that maybe speak a little bit. But I've had a lot of interactions, whether it be taxi drivers or people at the market or people at shops. And my first experience was on my first full day here. I was buying a new SIM card for my phone because obviously it's super expensive to use my Canadian plan. So I, I was buying a SIM card. So I walked down to the mall and... The lady working there was super, super nice. She was wonderful. But uh, I didn't understand just about anything. It was really hard. So it ended up being a combination of pointing at the little pamphlet she has and knowing enough words to kind of figure it out and just repeating numbers slowly a few times. And uh, She was super sweet, but it was a really eye-opening experience that it is hard, but you have no choice. You have to communicate when someone asks you a question. You have to figure out, even if it's not how you would normally express yourself, some sort of alternative to get that point across, which is really the whole fundamental of communication is how do we share what we want to say with someone else. And I've had lots of experiences with that in, um, you know, in taxis and in different stores and restaurants. And it, you end up really breaking it down to the simplest form, but it's, it's very challenging. And I also found that some days if I was out a lot and talking a lot of Spanish, I would be mentally very exhausted. I'm sure maybe you felt that too some days, perhaps when you were au pair in Boston, you spend the whole day in English and, your brain just wants to go to bed. <laughs> I know, it's so hard, but it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And there's something actually I wanted to ask you about if, if this is something you experienced, because this is something that I've definitely experienced and one of the reasons I love learning languages so much. And there's this word in German, and I don't know if it's in other languages, it's called Sprachgefühl. And the word means the feeling that you get when you start learning the language. 
So that's the specific word to describe how it feels great when you start to understand it. So when I started to understand Spanish and I've been able to have not comprehensive or full conversations, but little conversations with people, you get that kind of rush of excitement where, wow, I can't believe I just understood what they said and I responded in Spanish and we talked about, it could be a very basic subject, like, oh, how was the weather today? But it's kind of that exciting feel. Did you have moments like that in London and Australia and in Boston where it just, you had this little moment where like, whoa, I'm speaking English. It's, it's, it's fun. Yes. For example, when I was in Boston, I, I had a surgery. Uh, oh wow! I don't know how you say appendix. Appendix, yeah. yeah. I, see. I have an appendix surgery, so it was so hard because I was alone in the hospital, and uh, I was so nervous. So the doctor started start to talk at me, and I was oh I I understand what mm. is he saying, and it wasn't like that difficult that I thought it was going to be. So because I could understand like. The whole conversation every day, and I could talk with the doctor, the nurses. It was uh, was so dif- so difficult situation right. because I mean, I was in the hospital for one month. Wow. Yes, because it goes so it goes so so bad, but it was kind of nice that I really could communicate with other people and understand everything everything that was they were saying to me and I don't know I, I feel like oh my god I'm doing something really good because right. I, I can't understand and I can't and I feel like I can't communicate with everybody I mean everybody speaks English now so yes so exciting yeah that that is awesome so fortunately I haven't had that experience yet and hopefully I, I don't have that <laughs> same experience but at least just getting in that situation where all of a sudden, there's that language going on. It's just, wait a minute, I know what's going on. This is awesome. So another thing that this is something I've been really trying to do hard is I've been trying to connect with locals and spend time talking to people from Colombia and not find a lot of other Americans or Canadians. And obviously, it, it's nice you know, to have those other people. And you had the balance of being with a lot of Colombian friends when you're in Australia, but also living with an American family in Boston. And so do you... Did you find that it was really, really beneficial to meet and talk to and spend more time with locals so that you are forced to really understand the language and their culture and their food and, and everything? Yeah, of course. Because it's so different when you are learning from a school or by yourself that when you are talking, like real talking, having a real conversation with someone from that place. So it's... It's so tricky because sometimes you try to literally translate the things that you want to say, but I think that is like a bad thing too because you you try you must try to start thinking in English so that way you can say like the things better. And when you are talking with locals, it's like easy. Is the best way to understand what they try to say, and you start to understand like the things that you have been studying. So I think that's the best part, the best way to really learn English or Spanish or you know, any yes. language, right? Yeah, exactly. So before we go on and talk a little bit about advice, I'd love if you shared in all the places you've been. What is your favorite place? Not just country, but your favorite maybe city or favorite memory you had from a certain country. 
And then perhaps maybe what was the best food, your favorite food? Because that's a, such a big part of traveling. Okay, so I think so far. <laughs> it is. It's a tough question. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you know, but I mean, my dream has always been go to Australia, to Sydney. Mm. So I had the opportunity to live in Sydney. And it was awesome. And the first day that I went to the opera house, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my dream, my whole life. So I think the best city has been Sydney. City. And the opera house was the highlight of Sydney? Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, but, you know, not in, like, other city that I really liked yeah. was San Francisco. Uh, okay. like, I actually right? haven't been to San Francisco yet. I've been to LA a few times and lots of cities in the US, but I've heard amazing things. I have a few friends that live there and they love it. Yes, I love it. So I always want to be in the Golden Gate. So that was awesome too. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe those so Yeah, so those are <laughs> tough. And then what about uh, foods that you've tried from different places? What's what's the favorite? So the favorite food was lobster because in Colombia it's like no common guy lobster or hot lobster in the restaurants. Yeah, I never crossed my mind, but I suppose I haven't seen lobster anywhere. No. I've seen lots no, of other types of seafood. It's so hard to find a place that lobster. What about if you are in a coastal city like Cartagena or otherwise? Would they more likely, or is it more? I mean, I think lobsters are kind of more of a. I'm not an expert in lobsters or, or animal per se, but I I don't know if they're as prominent in this area. Of... No, because if you go to Cartagena or like the beaches or something like that, they have like just fish, mm. fish, and we have like a special plate with fish, a coconut rice, mm. a plantain. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but we don't really have lobster, so. I tried lobster in Boston and that was so delicious. And yeah. uh, it was kind of weird, like the taste and the feeling. Yeah, the texture feeling. was a little bit rubbery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I really liked it. So I say that. Yes. That's awesome. And did you ever make it up to the Cape, up to Cape Cod while you were there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had lobster at this really nice restaurant in Cape Cod a few years ago, and it's wonderful. And it's such a beautiful place. So for, I know I have a lot of followers and a lot of friends and connections in Boston, Massachusetts, so lots of people know. But for those who haven't, you got to get there at some point. It's I, I love the city. I love everything about it. Uh, it's wonderful. So I, I think that's great. I love hearing all this story, these stories and uh, experiences that you've had. And I'd like to just kind of move into a little bit of advice for people learning languages. And if you don't mind, maybe I'll just start off with a few sure. things that I've been doing that I think are helpful. And I know that you've done very similar things as well. And then we can both kind of share our best advice and, and we'll carry on after that. So for me, I've used a lot of my language learning has been self-taught and not necessarily self-taught, but, you know, on my own. And I use Buzu is a website that I think has, is excellent. I've had the premium membership for a few years, and I've been using it to learn German, Spanish now, and then previously a little bit of French and Italian as well. I, I just a tiny little dabble of Italian. Uh, but I really think it's super effective, and it, it's relatively cheap when you consider how much you pay. I mean, it might only be 50 or 60 bucks for a year, and you get a ton of content. So I love Buzu. I also love listening to podcasts because a big part of it is you need to try and hear the language and hear native speakers as much as possible. And my favorite podcast is Coffee Break Languages, and they have this incredible program and the host, Mark, he is Scottish, but he is fluent in uh, Spanish and French and German and Italian. And he's a language teacher and all these. So he's a true polyglot and he speaks all these languages. And he also has that brilliant Scottish accent when he's speaking English. 
but he has some terrific guests they do uh, or terrific co-hosts i should say and it's so it's coffee break french if i do french coffee break spanish if i do spanish coffee break german etc etc highly recommend checking them out you know other easy ways for people just to get more exposure watching youtube or netflix did you ever try watching movies in english or do you still do Always. that all the time yeah do you prefer netflix do you prefer english or, or uh sorry uh, youtube or netflix, netflix go to yes because yes i prefer netflix um like disney plus amazon prime uh, and yeah. all the movies i always try to watch them in english with subtitles in english, english. as well yeah, yeah okay so you're you're seeing it and reading it like yeah. it's forced to be in english okay yeah i've done the same thing where i've watched on netflix when i was learning german the series dark was a german show and i would listen to it in german at the subtitles in german and i've tried to dabble a little bit with spanish as well but it's one thing if you don't have any understanding of the language you know you probably need subtitles in your own language yeah. but if you're starting to learn it helps because you can connect the sound to the written and i know i'm a big visual learner and i need to read the writing and see the letters to be able to understand it's really hard for me sometimes to hear a native speak because it doesn't in my mind, visually, it doesn't look the same as the way I would say it or the way I hear it. So it, it helps for me a lot to do that. Yeah, I know. Um, another great thing, I find it a little bit more difficult, but it's still nice is music. I've been trying to listen to a lot of Latino music. It's hard with all the sounds and the singing, and it's not, you know, a pure form of the language. And so I find it really hard to really understand it, except for a few words here and there. But at the end of the day, Latino music is fire. I love it. It's amazing. So I'll listen to it even if I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, it's but I think music is so hard because you really want to understand, but it's so fast. So right. you're like, oh my gosh, what I'm hearing. And you know, it's funny because 50% of the time when I listen to English songs, I've been an English speaker my whole life, I'm always thinking, I don't know if I'm hearing that right. I don't exactly know what they're saying anyways. In English, how am I going to know in Spanish or, I know. or some other language? It's crazy. Um, so some other ideas too is just try and read as much as you can, whether that's online, find news articles. Or even buy books. There's some great books you can buy on Amazon. Book, you know, kids' books are a perfect way because it's very simple structure, very simple vocabulary. You can kind of build up, you know, the same way that you would as you're growing up. So, so that's great. Uh, what I really love to do as well, and I want to ask you if you did this as well in English, is I started a travel journal while I'm here, and so every day I write. It's probably maybe half a page. It's about ten minutes, but it's talk about my day, and then maybe the next day coming up with plans. And it's all strictly in Spanish. So it forces me to think and write in Spanish, maybe pull up my grammar charts if I need to. Sometimes, obviously, I know my writing has a lot of mistakes in it, but it's more about just getting the reps in. And it allows me, though, to use the past tense. Like, today I went to this place. Tomorrow I'm going to this place. You have the future yeah. tense. And uh, have you done that in English as well? No, really. No, really? <laughs> but you've been, you spent so much time in, ingrained in the language, though. So maybe not as necessary. Yeah. I, I think it's a good little tip. And it's something if you don't have the ability to travel. You can still do that if you are in your own country and you're learning a different language. So you can still be at home and say, oh, today I did this. And, you know, it's still a way to practice. So actually, I was doing this a little bit before I came here. I would try to narrate my day. And I would think to myself, oh, I'm going to go to the kitchen to eat an apple. Yeah. So then in my head, I'd be, uh, voy, a, uh, voy a la cocina a comer una manzana. Yeah. And then you force yourself to, and then maybe after I finish eating the apple, it'd be like, I just ate an apple. Okay. Comi una manzana. Yeah. And then you're forced to all of a sudden just narrate your day. And I think that helps too because that's stuff that you may be saying to someone in a normal day to day yeah. life. I Anyways. do that a lot too. Yeah. So, so try, try to yeah, think try, in English yeah. as much as you can. Yeah. And, you know, really the best thing is just try and speak it as much as you can if you have people you can talk to, whether it's friends or if you can go online. Yeah. That is so nice because, for example, here in Medellin, we had a place, uh, it's so close to here. So, like, every Thursday you can go. 
the, the bar is called the social. So you can go and you can, there's a lot of people from another country there. So you can go and practice your English oh, or your Spanish. So you just sit down, sit down there and you order food and you start to oh. speak with other people from around the wow. world. Are they still open or are they yeah, closed right now? No, they're still open. Oh, I'm going to have to go there. That's yeah. Like, I got a few other languages I need to try and revive a little bit. So, uh, I'm just gonna. I think we should just summarize each. We both have kind of a top piece of advice to someone, or that we can give to other people that want to learn languages. And so I think we'll do that. And then I just love before we close off to ask you a little bit about health, happiness, and performance, which is what learn to perform is all about. And I know you are big into those things, so we'll have a little bit for that. So first off, my top piece of advice for learning languages, and really ultimately, I think it's just about exposing yourself as much as possible. So speaking, reading, writing, listening, everything as much as possible, and no matter what your reasons are, if it's professional and you need to learn a language for your career or for your relationship, or if it's just personal motivators for fun, the key, you have to be patient and enjoy the ride. You're not going to learn a language quickly, no matter how many tips or tricks you can get from people or whatever audiobooks they're going to sell you and you know, learn a language in three months. I mean, maybe if you spend 12 hours a day deliberately studying for three months, maybe, but realistically, it's going to take some time. But the best way, in my opinion, and through my experience to learn is to make mistakes. And so make mistakes all the time. If you're not making mistakes, it's really, really hard for you to learn. And so what that means is you have to try speaking when you don't know what to say. You have to put yourself in a situation, for example, when, you know, you had some of your situations traveling overseas and you don't know how to communicate with someone or when I was trying to buy my SIM card. And that is how you're going to remember something when it happens and when it clicks. And this, I want to just quickly build into a little bit more neuroscience about this. One of my favorite neuroscientists, Dr. Andrew Huberman of Huberman Lab at Stanford University, he had recently on his podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast, unrelated to this one, but phenomenal podcast, he was talking about how to optimize learning. And the best way to learn is through making mistakes. And the reason is because learning mistakes triggers neuroplasticity because the mixed signals and the neurons in the brain have a greater response to trigger changes in your brain than following the same patterns as normal. So you actually need to make mistakes if you want to maximize neuroplasticity and therefore learning. And the other thing that can also help is to have necessity. So if you really need to learn, if it's urgent and if you're really motivated, that can help you as well. So my best piece of advice, make as many mistakes as you can. And what that means is make yourself uncomfortable like we're both doing today in these <laughs> episodes and just have fun with it. So, yeah. so what do you got for us, Mariana? So my top piece of advice is I know learning new languages sometimes will be so hard, frustrating and challenging. And so many times we are scary or we feel so ashamed to talk with another people in a different language because of the mistakes we can have or because we can be criticized or not speaking in the best way. But making mistakes and facing those fears is the only way we can really improve and feel more comfortable speaking and you see how the new language is going to start flowing better and naturally. Besides, it's all a matter of time, so be so patient through the pro trust the process, and you'll see how all your effort will be reflected and at the end. So learn a new language is going to open your mind to a different world, and it lets you to interact with all kind of people and communicate better with them. Couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> you nailed it. So to close off. As always, we need to talk about health, happiness, and performance. And I know that you are very disciplined. And remind me of the word in Spanish. Uh, Kudosio? 
Discipline. Uh, to discipline or disciplina. Oh, disciplina. There was another word that you Juiciosa. Used. See, say that again. Juiciosa. Juiciosa. See, as you guys can tell, my Spanish is struggling. So she's uh, muy, muy juiciosa. Yeah. See, okay. So she's very disciplined, loves exercise, very health conscious. So Mariana, I would love to know what you think are some of the most important aspects of living a high-performance life. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the thing that worked for me. Um, feeling good is the sum of having a lot of... Uh, many good habits. So if you want to be happy and have a high performance training and be healthy, you have to take a look of what are you doing now and if, if, if that is leading you to achieve your goals and be in the place you want to be. So for me, it's really important to create a morning and a routine. Love it. So I always wake up around 5.30 in the morning and the first thing that I do is to think for the new day and for at least three things that I have in my life. One advice, one advice is have a gratitude, gratitude yep, journal gratitude and write down every day all the things you are grateful for. you see how I start to think for everything is going to change the way you see and appreciate life. And so after, after think, try to meditate a couple minutes to connect with your body and you reading and set an intention for a day. During the day, try to eat healthy, a lot of vegetables, don't eat so much processed food, and have at least, at least 30 minutes of exercise. You can go uh, for a walk or the gym, yoga, swim, but something to move, to move your body and be and feel like a life. Yeah, also have at least three moments in your day when you stop doing whatever you're doing and breathe for five minutes. Look at the sky or the mountains and try to relax to keep working or study. Lastly, try to go bed early and stop using the screen at least 30 minutes before you go to sleep. Read some pages of a book or meditate again and always try to go to sleep eight hours to give enough time to your body to rest. And this is what is working for me right now. And create these kind of habits will give you health, happiness, and you feel so good every day. That's amazing. And what's so amazing is listening to you talk about this, Mariana, is that so many of the things you talk about are things that have come up repeatedly when I have interviewed other high-performance experts yeah. when I have done other episodes. And so just to sum up for people, you have to have and create good habits. And so everything you want it to be routine and make this a part of a lifestyle. Really, it's a high-performance lifestyle. And also, you talked about morning and sleep routine. So sleep is so important. And I think sleep is probably the most important part of your health. Waking up consistently so you have it dialed in 5.30 a.m. every day. That's awesome. Get your eight hours of sleep. I love that you have a pre-bed routine, too, where you avoid screens for at least 30 minutes. You do some yeah. reading, do some meditating. I know when I started implementing those sleep hygiene habits, that changed everything. And also getting into a consistent uh, wake-up routine to a consistent wake-up time. I've had periods where I haven't been able to stick to my routine, and I've felt my energy and my you know overall life really start to fall apart. Whereas, for example, like right now, I've been back in for a little while. Even even being here on vacation, I got back into my 5 a.m. routine mm -hmm. and start off every morning with reading and then... Uh, gratitude journal, same thing as you, and then exercise, meditating, and it's amazing just how your day improves. So I, know. I absolutely love all that stuff. 
And with that, that'll do it for this English version. So thank you, Mariana, for joining me and sharing your wisdom. And I would like to remind everyone to give the Spanish person version a listen as well, because it will be uh, she's gonna she's gonna take the stuff the show. She's gonna be the star of the show. I'm gonna do my best to not screw it up. We'll see how it goes. And uh, so thank you, Mariana. Thank you, rating. So let's close this episode off with a wonderful quote from Ludwig Wittgenstein. Quote. The limits of my language mean the limits of my world. End quote. To discover more, this episode with all citations is available on the website, and you can also contact me on social media with any questions or comments. If you found this episode useful or think that it may help someone else, I encourage you to pass it along. Thank you all for joining me on this journey to lifelong health, happiness, and higher performance. And remember, always be grateful, love yourself, and serve others.